Chris and Will here, and you know, you guys, we have a challenge for you, and it's all about the red shirt. That's right. It's been a symbol of pride since 1991. In 2020, we're spreading the message of diversity, equality, and kindness with the red shirt challenge across the globe. On June 6th, join the world in wearing your red shirt and help us bring us all together hand in hand. Go to kindredpride.org to register. Join us June 6th with your red shirt. Show it off. Hashtag RSPD. It's the show that makes us talk. What did one leaf say to the other? I don't know. What? I'm falling for you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what about our life? With Kristen Will, Season 2. new episode of what about our life with chris and will hello how are you guys hi we are doing totally well yes absolutely and we are so excited about today's show oh this one's a great one yes completely history of hollywood uh-huh. we're talking about the hollywood museum and the hollywood walk of fame bam amongst other things uh-huh. absolutely so you know we've talked about this many a times before and we're going to talk about it again because we have a wonderful special guest with us later on in the show mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about that in a little bit as well but let's go into gosh hollywood life wow you know hollywood to me it's not the fame, the glitz, and the glamour. Yep. What it is, it's the magic. There you go. The things that yep. they are able to do to make creative stories come to life is breathtaking. Exactly. And especially from back in the day when technology wasn't as grand as it is now. Yeah. I mean, just to figure out how they pulled all that stuff off. Well, I mean, they had to really get creative with it. You know, like, I'm, I'm thinking of early... Uh, like early 90s, late 80s films. But I mean, like movies like uh, Gremlins or even The Goonies or E.T. for that matter. I mean, it wasn't CGI completely back then. Yeah, it was just however they made it. And so I always tell people, go look behind the scenes and stuff. We actually have been a part of multiple behind the scenes. We have pictures of us when they were building the sets for... uh, Night of the Museum, one of the Night of the Museum It was the second one, I think. And they had basically built New York Central Park inside a soundstage. Uh And I'm going to tell you, it looks so realistic. Yes. You really felt like you were were there. Mm -hmm. And then there's another one with uh, Jurassic Park 2. Uh-huh. Um one of the scenes where the trailer is hanging off the mountain. That's right. Yeah. Yes. They actually did that off of a parking garage. Like you would have known that. I mean, they would have never known that. (laughs) And we have, you know, I I recently heard that they tore down the, um, the, the Whoville village over Universal Studios Hollywood. We have pictures of that set when we were, yeah, we've walked inside of it. We've done a lot with it. It's a shame that they, 
they haven't taken care of it and that they tore it down, but yeah. it's still a great memory. And it's actually behind the psycho house that they use for the tour. Uh-huh. That's yep. right. And then across from that, you have the cabin that they used in the, the television series Coach. Yep. As well as the movie The Great Outdoors with John Candy. That's right. And Dan Aykroyd. Do you remember when we walked on, uh, we were working on the lot for Warner Brothers Ranch, and we got to see the house that was used in uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Absolutely. The Griswold's house. Uh-huh. And they have a lot of houses that are, that are there. They had the Lethal Weapon house, which I've worked in. Doing Drillbit Taylor when I was in that film. That's a long right. Time ago. Wow. That was a lethal weapon house, actually. That was the the house where the toilet exploded out of the house. That <laughs> is the house that we were in. It was actually quite interesting. Yeah. And fun. Um, gosh, and you know, and there's a process that goes into that. Mm-hmm. You have the stories and the scripts, and then you have the tremendous crew that builds these sets mm-hmm. and people that go look for these locations and they scout out these locations. But the one thing I admire the most is when you get to go to the prop houses and the costume houses. Yeah. You know, not too many producers go to the prop houses, as we're told. We are the very few, and we went in them and we spent all day. I, I mean, mean, there's floors and floors. Floors of stuff. I mean, all and of them have their tags on it. I mean, it's so categorized. And it's, right. Yeah. And it's so interesting because it's it's almost like going to a garage sale or a flea market. <laughs> it really is. They have old stuff you've never seen before, uh-huh. uh, new stuff. It, it's just. Everything from a spoon to a nail is yep. in there that they use to build or these sets. It's there incredible. Was, yeah, I think there was one picture that I took too. It was like this, I don't know, orb or something. But it had a mirror on it, and I just thought it was funny. I took a picture because I saw myself in it. And I remember they had one, what was it, like a bear or something, and we did like a really funny picture yes. where it was like I was getting eaten or it something was, like that. Yes, I yes. mean, they have all they these have crazy all kinds stuff. Of stuff. And you know, there's not too many studio tours that actually bring you through the prop houses, yeah, except for Warner Brothers. I know Warner Brothers does. So if you ever get the chance to go out to uh, Hollywood, go check out the Warner Brothers tour because they bring you through the prop houses, and you will see they have a whole section of. Um, props for used as the for the white house for the oval office yeah then they have a floor what they call the morgue and Ugh. in that floor is nothing but fake dummies that yeah. they, they use to either fill in crowd people or um to use as dead people for crime shows so if you're walking movies. along there and you're just looking at stuff and you turn around you know make sure don't creep yourself out yes well the first <laughs> time we actually had interaction with uh prop dummies was the very first production we ever worked on, which we've talked about. Yes, we have. And that's spring break. Yes. (laughs) Now we were quite shocked because they brought in dozens of these, these dummies to put on the beach side to make it out. Like they are actual people. Now they had a lot of extras and background people there, Uh but they still needed to make it more of a full audience. So they brought in those, those dummies, Uh which is a good thing because we burnt during that scene because it was hot it was was in the middle of the sun and believe it or not it was set as a beach scene in mexico yeah and we filmed it on the river bank or the bay banks at long beach that's right yeah it was not only not on the beach side it was on the bay area they created a whole section that looked like 
a beach in yep. Mexico and it was done in uh-huh. Long Beach. It was yep. quite interesting. Um, and then we've had the experience, of course, where we would hike up to the Hollywood sign. Yeah. You can see the Hollywood sign when you go to Hollywood and Highland. Yeah. Which is also where the Dolby Theater is, where they do the uh, Oscars yeah. at every year. And then the TCL... Uh, Chinese Theater, which Chinese I still theater. call Grommens. Gr- yeah, still yes. Grommens. Yes. Yeah. And you can get a picture of the Hollywood sign. But in some cases, if you go to the observatory, yeah. you can take the trails from the observatory and hike down. And you can go on... The, one section of the trail and you can get an actual close-up picture of yeah. the Hollywood sign. I mean, just the landscaping, it's breathtaking. Yeah. And you know, some people have actually completely gone up to the Hollywood sign. We haven't done that yet. Uh-huh. We haven't figured out where that trail is, but some people that we know are actually know where that is. And yeah. we kind of don't, but an interesting thing about the Hollywood sign now, uh, it kind of goes into the golden area and the golden age of Hollywood. And when we interviewed the amazing, our wonderful friend, Ruta Lee. Yes. Uh, she talked about the golden era and what really created Hollywood in a sense and made it its milestone. Uh-huh. Well, we mentioned this in the episode and it was about the Hollywood sign. So I'm going to bring that back up again. Uh-huh. But um, the Hollywood sign was created as Hollywoodland in 1923. It was an ad for real estate. Wow. Believe it or not. And land was removed in 1949. The Hollywood sign was restored in 1978. It's $27,000 for each letter to restore it. Whoa. And people donated that money mm-hmm. per letter, actually. The H is from Terrence Donnelly, who is a newspaper publisher. The O is Giovanni Mazza, who is an Italian movie producer. The L is Les Kelly, the founder of the Kelly Blue Book. The other L is Gene Autry, who's an actor. Yeah. The Y is Hugh Hefner, amazing playboy man. <laughs> the W was for Andy Williams, which was a singer. The O is Alice Cooper, again, yeah, singer. Yeah. The other O is from Warner Brothers Records. And then the D is from Dennis Lydic who was a businessman, and each one of them contributed that amount of money to make a landmark to restore the word Hollywood, yeah. which is about 45 feet tall and 350 feet long. Wow. Yeah, very interesting with that. And isn't it just interesting that just letters on a mountainside makes it completely oh, yeah. just shine? yeah, makes shine. a difference. Absolutely. I mean, what if, you know, back when those letters weren't there, it would just be another mountain. It would. It's a huge or landmark. hillside. You Absolutely know? a huge landmark, which brings me into the Hollywood museum. Yeah. Which we have not gone to where well, we will. Yeah, we, we will. will. We will. The Hollywood museum is a collection of memorabilia history mm-hmm. of different motion picture and television. There's over 11,000 items in there mm-hmm. from co- costume cops, costumes, <laughs> props, stop motion figures, photographs, scripts, and so much more. Uh-huh. It houses in the historic Max Factor building on Highland Avenue in Hollywood, which is near, uh, right off of Hollywood Boulevard, to uh-huh. believe it or not, and not far from the Dolby Theater and the Hollywood and Highland Center that we just talked Correct. about. Correct. Now, the old Max Factor building, which is where it is at, 
was built in 1887 and was used from 1887 to 1938 from Max Factor Sr. Ah. And he was an artist makeover who had done work for Lucille Ball, Joan Crawford, Clara Bell, and Jean Harlow. That's interesting. And also another interesting fact about, about that is uh, Max Factor, the makeup and hairstyle stylist guy, um, I think he bought it in 1928, but he didn't open it until 1935. And the Max Factor building is well known for its Art Deco style. Absolutely. And the four original artist rooms are still there and part of the Hollywood Museum. Mm-hmm. And the Hollywood Museum was founded and created by Danelle Dodekin. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, I think this is really interesting because, you know, there's so much history in Hollywood. And this museum is larger than um, the Guinness Book of World Records Museum, which I think, yeah, it's like seven times larger than that. And it's five times larger than the Warner Brothers um, Museum. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Which brings me into the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the Hollywood Walk of Fame. There are over 2,600 five-pointed Tereso and Brass stars along Hollywood Boulevard. Wow. Embedded in the sidewalks for 15 blocks of Hollywood Boulevard and three blocks of Vine Street. Wow. Consists of musicians, actors, directors, producers, fictional characters, theater groups, and more. You know, to get nominated, if you get you, there's a whole process that goes into it. The fee is like $50,000. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. And, you know, they do about 20 to 24 celebrities that are selected every year from, they've used like Elvis Presley, my, Michael Jackson, Hart, which we attended. That yes, ceremony. we did. Yes. <laughs> Diana Ross, the Beatles, Walt Disney, Max Factor, Gloria Stefan, Mickey Mouse, Sharon Glass, so many yes. different ones. And it's a very historic thing. We have lots of pictures. Lots. Of it. And if you walk down it, it is so unique. It is mm-hmm. a wonderful Hollywood experience. And, you know, the reason why we're talking about that is because our special guest today is Danelle Dadigan. Yeah, She, of course, is the founder of the Hollywood Museum. She is also the chairman of the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce, which is in charge of the Hollywood Walk of Fame as well as the Hollywood sign. Yeah. And a few other things as well. So it's going to be a very interesting, very, very, very interesting conversation. And, you know, the one one thing about her is her godfather received the very first Walk of Fame star. Oh, wow. Yes. Her museum is a nonprofit organization, and they do numerous awards a year, and they are basically... Gosh, they are doing a uh, social media campaign right now. That's right. Yeah. While, while everybody's going through this stuff, while they're closed, they're doing a special social media I think campaign. that's really interesting. It is very interesting. So it's very exciting. So we are excited to have her on our show today. So we're going to go ahead and give her a call. So sit back, relax. Danelle Dadigan is coming up. We are honored to welcome the founder of the Hollywood Museum, Danelle Dadigan. Hi, how are you? Hi, we're doing great. How about yourself? Great. Wonderful. Well, first of all, thank you so much for being on our show. We are extremely excited about this. 
you have a tremendous tremendous history and we want to talk about it so thank you oh i'm thrilled to be here today with you yes Mm -hmm. absolutely well first off let me ask you this what kind of inspired you to want to go into the business that you're doing now (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness you got me laughing already that's That's a good good thing thing. yes (laughs) well you know Some people call it insanity. Uh, Some people, you know, think it was a great challenge. Uh, I just knew uh, I wanted to give something back to the community. Uh I was uh, so thankful for being successful early on in my life, uh, in my business. And um, uh, I, very early in my career, right after college, I was a school teacher. Uh, My mother was a school teacher. My dad was a school teacher even. And uh, I just remembered what lovely times I had teaching young people uh-huh. and watching their faces uh, with surprise that would come over their faces when they heard something for the first time or learned something about uh, a person that they thought they already had studied their biography and they learned something new. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized, you know, we really need to have uh, a lovely building somewhere in town where we could have a museum that tells about Los Angeles's number one export, which is uh, all things to do with Hollywood, the entertainment industry, television, motion pictures, and the new digital platforms. And so um, I just set my sights on something like that. And then um, uh, I was a real estate developer and speculator when I decided that I wanted to do this museum. Uh-huh. Uh, and this was what I had settled on as a way to give back to the community by being able to create a location for locals, professionals, and visitors alike from other countries to come and see how did Hollywood get started, where were its roots, and where did it all start, and where did it all come from? Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I'm sure that that would probably answer my next question, but... First of all, how did you come across and say, I want the Max Factor building? Mm -hmm. Well, again, you're going to have me laughing out loud because, uh, (laughs) you know, really, I'm telling you, in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, on Hollywood, uh, almost everything was for sale. And, of course, I had to pick the one building that was not for sale. Wow. The Max Factor building. You know how it is, we women, we always go for something and it's much more exciting for us for the hunt and to try to get something that isn't easily accessible and easily uh, 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 grabbable. You know, you had Mm -hmm. to really, I had to really work for several years to crack this uh, whole uh, idea and concept of how to purchase the Max Factor building. Wow. Well, I will say though, it might have been a hunt, but it was definitely worth it in the long haul. Because that is quite a building there with a lot of history. Well, thank you so much. You know, I always tell myself that these walls could talk, you know? Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. It would be amazing. All the great movie stars from Once Upon a Time, from Hollywood's Golden Era, that went through those front doors uh, into the world-famous makeup rooms that Max Factor created their looks right there. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that comes into that comes into the question. Tell me a little bit more about the museum. Well, the museum uh, is thirty five thousand square feet. It spans uh, more than one hundred years of Hollywood show business, 
and we feature 10,000 exhibits at any given time. And, um, you know, for us, it's very exciting because in addition to saying we have a Hollywood uh, museum, uh-huh. I was able to conserve and restore the Max Factor building and also tell Max Factor, Hollywood's original makeup king, tell his story and the important role that he played in early filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he definitely, I mean, from what I've read, I mean, he's done all of the makeup and I think it was even some of the hairstyles too for Marilyn Monroe and Lucille Ball. Yes, you know, that's interesting. You actually have done your homework very well because <laughs> Max Factor was originally a hairstylist, but for men. Uh, yes. He was a teenager and he worked in a, a, a man's hairdressing salon and uh, he mopped and swept up the floors, but he learned how to cut hair. He learned uh, all sorts of how to shave, how to do beards, mustaches. And he took that uh, ability and started off uh, creating makeup uh, for uh, folks in the entertainment industry, men and women. And his ability to do hair really played a very important part uh, at the beginning of the makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, you guys still have some of the original dressing rooms in there as part of the museum, right? Yes, the world-famous makeup rooms. Uh, and interestingly enough, these makeup rooms are not named after your skin complexion. They're named after your hair color. So the redhead really? room where Lucille Ball, yes, where Lucille Ball received her signature red hair that we knew her for. Uh, the blondes only room where Marilyn Monroe became a blonde. Uh, now everyone says, oh, but Marilyn was born with blonde hair. Of course she was. Wow. But like most natural blondes, by the time she was a teenager, her hair started to turn dark. And her first wedding photos at age 16 showed her with uh, brown hair. And then, of course, there's the very famous brunettes-only room and brownettes-only room. Uh, Max Factor believed that the color of your complexion uh, needed to work well with the color of your hair. And it's always an opportunity to see. uh, I always ask everyone this question. How many of you know friends who have a new hair color and it's Ah. a fabulous new hair color but not necessarily on them have you ever Ah. seen that yeah that is an interesting point of view wow well i can tell you exactly why it's because their complexion and if they wear makeup that was not uh united with the hair color so if you have uh, a blonde hair color we would put you in the blondes only room that Max Factor created. And uh, it all started because of the invention of three-step Technicolor. I should back up and tell you that. Three-step wow. Technicolor film, because of that, you could no longer do white and gray and 150 shades of uh, the varying colors in between, but all with gray and black and white hues in it. And now with the invention of three-step Technicolor, you had to be extremely realistic. And so Max Factor created these makeup rooms, and he called it Color Harmony. Uh, And he would do harmonize between the color of the makeup you should be wearing with your hair color. Wow. And so his goal was that if he made you up in the redheads only room like Lucille Ball, and you had red hair, 
he would work on your complexion color and give you the right color complexion. And then he would uh, decide, well, okay, you'd like red lipstick. Well, there's red lipstick with the orange hue, red lipstick with the blue hue, uh-huh. red lipstick with the brown undertone. What was the right color for you if you were wearing red hair? And he'd do the same with your eyeshadow and the color of your eyebrows. And his goal was that if he made you up in those world-famous makeup rooms with these varying colors to them, uh-huh. He knew that when you walked on the soundstage, you'd look like a natural redhead, a natural blonde, an actual brunette, no matter what your original hair color was. He was wow. able to combat those odds. It was quite something. Wow. Now, how long does um, some of the artifacts that you have in the museum, how long do they stay? Are they there forever, or is there a time frame for them? Well, we are constantly changing up the museum. There are certain elements of the museum that do remain the same, such as the world-famous makeup rooms celebrating Max Factor and his contributions to Hollywood. Uh Uh, And uh, the historic photo gallery, which uh, shows about a 1,000 vintage black and white photos of Hollywood, the community, and how it grew because of the entertainment industry. And then behind-the-scenes photos, uh, uh, of, from the studios starting in the 1900s and teens, mm-hmm. as well as uh, the wonderful movie stars from Hollywood's golden era. All those that Max Factor worked on, he pretty much worked on everyone. Wow. Very nice. Yes, Very yes. Nice. Uh, both Chris and I, we're definitely fans of golden age Hollywood. So that's really interesting to hear. And you know, the interesting, the, the interesting and sad thing about it is, is we have been down Hollywood Boulevard, I, I don't know how many times. <laughs> yes. And we've, you know, a lot of times we're there for work, and a lot of times we're in Hollywood for work, and we never actually get the time to go and spend the time to enjoy the history mm-hmm. of Hollywood. So, regretfully, we haven't been to your museum, but we know exactly where it's at. Yes. Because we've had dinner meetings at um, uh, Mel's, the, yes. which is pretty much connected to you guys in a sense so um we when we got when we agreed to do the interview we were like oh this is so interesting i never knew what was in here and i told willie i said next time we're in hollywood we're gonna have to go inside definitely so how many how many visitors do you guys normally get well outside of before the uh, coronavirus well we uh actually did a very good uh uh, we had a lot of visitors coming to the museum. Uh, uh, they're all, uh, and what I have to say, uh, I should also tell you that some of the visitors are just serial repeat visitors. Those that live in the neighborhood or live in uh-huh. Southern California, they love to come to the museum because uh, we're changing up exhibits on a very regular basis. Uh, nice. And uh, we, we talked about that momentarily, but... Um, we uh, right now we have got the great exhibit Back to the Future celebrating the trilogy, uh, the film trilogy of Black to the Future, and that's kind of exciting because we have the DeLorean time machines there. Uh, oh, nice. We have the hero car from the third, uh, uh, from the third film, as well as Marty McFly's truck. Oh, from wow. the first film, the DeLorean, and we've got costumes. And I have to tell you that the creator. Uh, Bob Gale, he was instrumental in helping us with this film. Nice. Uh, uh, Being able to make this exhibit echo 
the key elements of each of the films in the trilogy. Wow. Very mm-hmm. nice. Very, very, very nice. Now, you guys have costumes and stuff like that in there. Which, which one is your favorite costume? Or which exhibit is actually your favorite exhibit? Well, now, Chris, you know I can't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't, as president and founder of the museum, it's not fair that I ever tell anyone what my favorite exhibit or my favorite costume is. But I love all my children equal. Yes, and it is very exciting. You know, uh, we uh, uh, there is not a month that goes by without us discovering something new and wow. something exciting. Wow, absolutely! And now, how to make it? You know, now how to make it uh, come to uh, uh, actually appear in the Hollywood Museum? That's the that's that's the fun part, and we love that. It's like a treasure hunt every day. Oh, I bet. I bet. Mm-hmm. Now, you guys are also doing a uh, social media campaign right now that gives people some insights or a little bit of a tour of the museum while it's closed. Tell me about that. Well, that's kind of a fun thing because, you know, um, with social media, uh, several years ago, not everyone was really uh, keen to use it. Right. And we always laugh about that because now, I mean, it just is. That's all there is to it, you know? Right. And so everyone loves to participate with that. But for us, it's a lot of fun because through Facebook, Instagram, as well as Twitter, we have a new campaign where different celebrities come to visit us. uh, And they are always visiting the museum, I should say. Uh And... um, They have all taken the time at their home, or we have clips of them in the museum talking about their favorite exhibits or what they like the most out of the museum. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the fun ones is Bob Bergen, and I'm sure you, I'm not sure that you do know who he is. Oh, I do. Totally do. He's the voice of Porky Pig. Yes. (laughs) Now, he tells a fun story. He's uh, being interviewed in his home, uh, and... um, he has a baseball jersey on, and he says, for him, the most exciting part about coming to the Max Factor building is because it reminded him of his mother. And it ah. turned out that his mother had a lot of Max Factor makeup and that she worked with Max Factor. And I never knew that until I saw his interview. Ah. So wow. Every day we learn something new. It's so much fun. But, you know, I mean, we've got, you know, Allison Arngrim. We've got Carolyn Hennessy. Dee Wallace, you know, from uh, E.T., e. the mother, Donna Mills yes. from Knott's Landing. You know, so many of them. Last night, in fact, I was chatting with Lee Purcell. Uh, Lee has done one as Loretta Switt from MASH uh-huh. and uh, Nurse O'Hlan and um, Rich Little. Uh-huh. And uh, so many other ones, uh, you know, Donna Pesco. Oh, my goodness, Judy Tenuta. Uh, and there's many others that are in the process of, uh, recording for us, but these have already recorded for us, and they're actually very humorous. Yes. Well, it's very interesting that you bring that up because a few of those that you've named have actually been on our podcast, um, such as D. Wallace, Rich Little, Carolyn Hennessy, and Lee Purcell. And Lee, actually. yes. So, yes. Wow. We're, wow. we're very great. aware of their personality. Yes, it's fantastic. And 
We also had Ruta Lee on the show. Yes, and love uh, Ruta. Yes, we do. We, we love Ruta, and you know the one thing we like about a lot of those those stars is they bring with them some of the most amazing stories, and I love that because you you learn so much about about the time that they got to interact like with Elizabeth Taylor or with uh, Marilyn Monroe and you and you you just you get that feedback and those chills just come back mm-hmm. up and say wow those are the real stories we love them so absolutely oh and i do agree with you and that's what's so much fun about our museum because as you go through the museum you learn some behind the scenes stories uh, and it, we've learned that that's what many of our visitors really enjoy. Nice. Very nice. Guess what you Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, you also do several different events. I know uh, Harlan had mentioned to me at one point about you guys do a LGBTQ event in June. Or usually yes, do. Yes, we do. We've done it every year, seven years in a row. But sadly, uh, it's been postponed this year. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about that. Can you go into detail about that event that you normally do? Sure. It's actually a very fun event. It brings the whole community together. And we do it in partnership with our Hollywood Council member, Mitch O'Farrell, and the uh-huh. city of Los Angeles. And what is uh, very enjoyable for us is it's an opportunity to uh, be able to bring to everyone's attention uh, the interest and knowledge uh, that many of these shows uh, give off. Not only are they entertaining that we highlight, but they've all got a storyline or a character uh, that is LGBTQ. And for uh-huh. us, uh, being an ex-school teacher, for me, uh, it's great fun and it's great uh excitement for me to watch the public put two and two together and either recognize a favorite soap opera and remember this character and then learn a little bit more about, oh, this was the first character that was openly gay or this was the first character uh, that married, had a same-sex marriage uh, or this was the first character uh, that is openly gay but adopted a child uh, and this, these storylines actually echo real life. Yeah. And so wow. it's fun that we see uh, folks from the Midwest or from overseas that watch these soap operas, and then they come, and then they recognize a costume and props and uh, photographs of their favorite stars portraying these characters uh, in these soap operas as well as these television shows. Uh, and it brings uh, an enjoyment to them. So while they're learning a little bit more about the LGBTQ experience in Hollywood, uh, they're also recognizing and seeing their favorite characters from their favorite TV shows, soap operas, and films. So it's right. a win-win situation. Because I truly feel to learn, uh, you one has to be entertained. I agree with that, definitely. you got to spark the interest of learning about it and that's a very fun and engaging way to do so yes absolutely, absolutely. that was how i was successful when i was a school teacher i would entertain my students so it was very easy for them to uh digest the education that they were uh, receiving and they really loved it 
Yes, I I agree. When my teachers did that, that was that's what got got me interested in what they were doing. Thinking outside of the box. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you are also the um, you are also involved. I want to say you're the chairman involved with the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce. Am I correct on that? Yes. Yes. Wonderful. That is so. Correct. Let's talk uh-huh. a little bit uh, about that. Let's touch on that a little bit. With that, you guys are in charge of several different things. The one, the biggest one, is of course the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Tell me a little bit about. Uh, can you roll through the history of that just just briefly on how that came about? Well, it's an interesting situation, and certain things I uh, cannot touch on and talk about because they are secret. Uh-huh. But um, I will tell you that in the late fifties. Uh, many businessmen in Hollywood uh, got together uh, with the Chamber of Commerce trying to figure out how could they promote Hollywood better. Everyone knew Uh Hollywood for movies. Everyone knew Hollywood for television at that time. But how could they get people to actually come to Hollywood, the community? And Uh how could they get them to actually walk up and down Hollywood Boulevard? That was named after its name, uh, sake of the area and of the industry. Interesting. And they thought high and low. And uh, having talked to uh, Hollywood's honorary mayor, Johnny Grant, uh, he was my best buddy in Hollywood. Uh, he taught uh-huh. me quite a bit about the Walk of Fame and how it got started. And they decided that they would, they wanted to do something for free where visitors from all over could come as well as locals. And they decided, well, maybe we should do something in our sidewalk. This way it's free uh, and we'll, you know, uh, it won't impede on any business. Uh And then they came up with, they had a competition for the design. And I have one of the original prototypes, which is nothing, doesn't look anything like the way it looks today. Wow. Or when it actually came to pass. But it was very interesting because it was done with a, caricature of a celebrity and the uh-huh. one that I have is of Cary Grant. Oh nice. A caricature. So it would be black terrazzo with a yellow or brass uh, shaped star and then in the brass they would tool and work uh, a caricature of Cary Grant and then there would be his name underneath and they quickly realized this is going to take a long time because each one is like a piece of artwork to mm-hmm. actually make a caricature of the celebrity's face. Right. And that caricature is about 18 inches tall uh, by, you know, a foot wide right. uh, wow. inside the center of the star. So they thought, well, no, we're going to have to find something that's less quote unquote artistic and find something that we could mass produce relatively. Uh-huh. And so... They thought about it, and uh, they decided, well, we know we need the name of the star, and they decided block letters for that because block letters were never in style and never out of style, and everyone could easily read it. Uh-huh. But then how do you denote you know, whether it was a star was given to a celebrity because they were in television or in motion pictures or in radio uh, or in theater or in live performance? And... They decided, well, we'll make a medallion, a center medallion, and we'll do some sort of a symbol in the center to denote 
which category they receive their star for excellence in that profession. Wow. And that's how it comes out. But, you know, oh, uh, they, they put down a few stars to begin with, and everyone looked at them and thought, oh, that looks okay, I guess. Uh, and then they decided, well, we're going to make a splash, and they put down hundreds of them to begin with in the early 1960s. And then from then on, uh, it was almost like a competition. You would nominate your favorite star. Uh-huh. And uh, each year, the Chamber of Commerce receives Oh, three, four hundred or more applications, uh-huh. and a very secret group of uh, celebrities who have received their star in the past. And usually, uh, it's each celebrity represents a different uh, uh, profession of the industry that you could receive your star for. One of the five categories, right? And so, uh, every year uh, at the beginning of summer, uh, the the applications are sorted through and then are discussed by the secret uh, group, the secret committee. And then every year, uh, between 25 and 30 uh, names are picked for that year. So it's like the class of 2000, class of, you know, 2019, class of uh, 2015. Uh, this year there will be a class of 2020. We may have to have the meeting uh, virtually, but it will take place. Uh-huh. And um, then and each star has several years in which they can uh, have uh, find a date uh, to have the installation ceremony uh, for their star on the famed uh, Hollywood Walk of Fame. Very nice. Now, do they get to choose the location of where the star goes? No, uh, that is done with the Chamber of Commerce uh, and um, and then uh, with the representation of the celebrity or the celebrity themselves, it's discussed. And we discuss then with the uh, uh, store owner, the shopkeeper, if they would be all right to have that star oh, in front of their wow. uh, establishment. Very nice. Very, very, very nice. Mm-hmm. Yes, we've actually been to the ceremonies before. Yes. We, we got invited to attend uh, the Hollywood Walk of Fame ceremony for Heart for Nancy and Ann Wilson. So we were very excited to see that one. Yes. I bet. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. It was an extraordinarily hot, hot yes. day. <laughs> I, re- I We looked back at some of the footage that we had, and uh-huh. you could see the heat heat off of the video from the phone and it's like wow it was such a hot day but it was a great day it was was a very exciting day wow wow yes Mm -hmm. we absolutely loved it that was the first time we met uh rita wilson by the way that's right yeah she was there and we were like oh my gosh we know you from something we've seen you in for something but we don't know what your name is and then when she said it's the that's right, Tom Hanks. Yep. Okay, good. <laughs> you know, um, but we've had some wonderful experiences with that. So very interesting with that. Do you think you guys will ever yeah. run out of stars or places to put them? Oh heck, no, no. Uh, additionally, um, different streets uh, have been designated, such as Highland, where the museum is, uh, uh-huh. La Brea, ah. Vine Street, uh, and. On Hollywood Boulevard, some of the stars 
uh, there's two rows of stars on each side of the street now in some areas. Oh, nice. Yes, we've mm -hmm. walked them many a time. Many now, a time. Right offhand, do you know who has the most stars? Which celebrity has the most one? Well, you know, it probably would be Bob Hope. Ah, okay. Be, I guess. And, yeah. And um, uh, because he received them in several categories. And it's ah. very rare that a star uh, uh, would be... Uh, uh, would have excelled in numerous categories and had a career long enough in numerous categories that they would be nominated for that. Ah, gotcha, yeah. mm -hmm. gotcha. Now here's an off-the-wall question. Do you know if, because uh, I know it's a separate entity from you guys, but do you know if Grauman still does the hand, the cement prints? Yes, and it's not called Grauman's Chinese, it's TLC Chinese. Oh, that's now. right. That's right. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you know, us oldies, we, we still call it Grommans no matter what. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you this one. Now, here in, here in Orlando, because we're in Orlando at the moment, uh, Universal Studios in Florida has a replica of the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Did you guys contribute to that as far as the design or approvals with that? Um, it would depend. I uh, They have licensed that, and so therefore they can uh, do it. But um, the, uh, the Chamber of Commerce uh, owns uh, the trademark for it and the look of it. And so um, we work with so many people. That's why when you see a hat with the Walk of Fame insignia on it or a T-shirt uh -huh. or anything like that, you know, it's all been blessed and approved. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. It's always a curiosity because mm -hmm. they got it. They literally got it to the T yes. in so mm -hmm. many different uh, art forms. And I was always curious if, you know, you guys had some association with it. Because, again, I still call it Grauman's. But with the Chinese theater, yeah. they had they had something to do with the design that they put at the Disney Hollywood Studios out here that replicated the Chinese theater. So I was always curious about that. So thank you. Thank you on that one. You're welcome. Now, let's talk about uh, the Hollywood sign. You guys yeah. run the Hollywood sign as well. Uh, yes, yes. The uh, Hollywood Sign Trust uh, actually runs it, and the chamber works on it with them, and uh, they're part of the chamber. So, yes, it's kind of exciting. It uh, is. Once upon a time, you know, originally the Hollywood sign was lit years ago. Yes. That was going to be my next yeah. question is why is it changed? Uh, you know, that's a good question. And uh, many people thought it was because of World War II. They turned the lights off. Oh. But uh, so that it wouldn't. But uh, hard to say. But uh, it's a beautiful sign. And, um, you know, some of the letters are 40 feet tall by... Uh, depending on the shape of the letter, 25 to uh, 35 feet wide. And the museum, the Hollywood Museum, we have a piece of the original sign. And in fact, the piece that we have is from the original H. And Johnny Grant, the honorary mayor of Hollywood, brokered that for us. Oh, and nice. And that was exciting to be able to receive it, complete with graffiti and bullet holes. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Yes, we uh, we do commentary yeah. before the show, and yes. one of the parts that we do with the commentary before this particular episode 
is we told uh, we told our fans that it used to be called Hollywood Land. Yes. And then Land yeah. was dropped, and now it's it's Hollywood. So yes, a lot of history there. Yes, absolutely, uh, quite something, because uh, Max Sennett, you know, who was known for the Senate Bathing Beauties and the Keystone Cops, uh-huh. uh, his silent uh, uh, film uh, studio, he was so uh, he was making money hand over fist in those days, and with the Chandler family that used to own the Los Angeles Times and half of Los Angeles, uh, they bought the property there on that hill, and then just below it. And they subdivided all the properties to be able to build uh, Hollywood bungalows. And, of course, that was done in the 20s. And then when the uh, Depression hit, it was very difficult for them. They finally did sell everything. Uh, But they did not uh, think about what were they going to do with that big sign of theirs up on the hill that was advertising their real estate development company called Hollywood Land. Uh And so they figured out what they should do is they should donate the land to Los Angeles. Ah. And when they did, uh, then it became Los Angeles's problem to figure out how to remove the sign. And they knew that they did not want to leave it up because they didn't want to advertise that real estate development company. Right. But they decided they would leave up Hollywood because that's the area that the sign was in. It was in Hollywood. Uh-huh. So that's what's fun for most of your listeners to uh, think in their mind's eye and take a look at it uh, and see how Hollywood sign is. And it's not straight across. It's not in a straight line. There's right. a serpentine shape. Yes. And you wonder, how come the li- the letters don't line up properly? And why is the D in Hollywood? Why doesn't it line up with the H in Hollywood, the first and last uh-huh. letter yeah. of that sign? Well, that's because that D in Hollywood, the last letter, was never meant to be the last letter of the sign. Originally, it said uh, Hollywood Land. Right. But uh, the mayor of Hollywood uh, tells a funny story, and I'll repeat it to you. He said, well, he said the city fathers, you know, there's two things. Either they were too cheap that they didn't want to have to uh, take out the 40-foot casings and then re- reinstall it to have the right... Um, uh, uh, height, uh, the, the letters were too tall and it was too difficult, or they wanted to maintain historic accuracy so that this would cause everyone to ask why, and the story could be told it was never meant to be the last letter of the sign. Wow. And I always do that because we never know either the city was too cheap or they wanted the historic element. Ah, uh, Wow. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yes, I love stories like yes, that. Yes, I do. We've we've hiked up to the Hollywood sign several times. Now, of course, we've never hiked up actual to the Hollywood sign, but enough to where to we could get a, get a great it. picture of it. And yes. we just—it's fascinating. It makes the whole Hollywood dream just come to life every time you see it. Mm-hmm. So it's magnificent. Yep. Yep. Yes, I agree. Quite something. It is. It totally is. Now, really quick before we wrap this up, I do have one question. Now, do you guys run the Hollywood Christmas Parade? No. Uh, No. Interestingly enough, many years ago, it was part of the Chamber of Commerce, but the Chamber of Commerce gave it up, and now it is run by a separate entity. Don't ask me who. I'm not really sure. (laughs) But I know that they're lovely people, and um, 
the people that we work with, I do know them, and uh, they still uh, uh, come and ask questions, and they have to work with the community because streets have to be shut down and this and that. Right, absolutely. Um, but it's lovely what, what it does, and it, and it showcases Hollywood and some of its entertainers. But it's, it's a difficult proposition because, you know, it takes place uh, on the Sunday of Thanksgiving right. weekend. And so uh, many celebrities, they're out of town or they're with family. It's difficult for them to come and, you know, be involved for so long. Uh, and, and times have changed. People don't necessarily want to sit in an open car or, you know, be in front of people uh, with several miles long. Right. Uh, it's kind of interesting, you know, the, the, the time element and the date, but it's had a resurgence in recent years. So I guess people are enjoying it once again. So that's great. Yes, yes. we've seen it multiple times. Numerous times. When we're in Hollywood. Yes. But we haven't, we haven't been in the last few years because we've been in other places, but yeah. we've always enjoyed it. Parking was always a nightmare, but we always enjoy it. Yes. <laughs> but... Anyway, but tell me where our, our listeners can find your amazing museum, and do you have an, a projection on when you guys think you'll be up and running again? Well, you know, it's all up to our city mayor, Eric Garcetti, who is a great friend of the museum and a great friend of Hollywood. He used to be one of our councilmen uh, in Hollywood uh, before he became mayor, so we know he has his best interest out for us, but I could not say... I hope sooner than later. Right. But uh, I would not be able to hazard a guess. Thank you so much for being on our show. And tell me tell me the web address one more time so our lovely fans can go check it out. Absolutely. The Hollywood Museum's website is www.thehollywoodmuseum.com. All one word, thehollywoodmuseum.com. Absolutely. Very nice. And uh, our listeners can also find all of the social media stuff on that website as well, correct? Yes, they can. Yes, they can. Okay. Absolutely. Well, Danelle, thank you again so much for being on the show. And I promise you when we get back to L.A., when all this is back to normal, we will come visit your museum and come say hello to you. Yes. That, that is on our list. I guarantee it. Fabulous. Looking forward to meeting you both in person and giving you a personal tour of the Hollywood Museum. Oh, that's exciting. That is exciting. VIP. We love it. We love it. Well, my dear, please. Yes, we'll hear some fun stories. Yes. Yes. Oh, we love them. We Mm -hmm. do. We do. Well, thank you again so much for being on the show. And please stay well. Please stay safe. And we look forward to hearing about you guys getting back to your regular hours so everybody can enjoy Hollywood the way they need to enjoy Hollywood. Thank you so much. Thank you. I've had a great time, you two. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you, Will. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. We're really glad to hear that. Absolutely. Well, all the best to you, and we will be in touch soon. Thanks. All right. That's in Hollywood. So we are totally going to have to go to the museum next yes. time we get to Hollywood. We usually never have time, but yeah. we're going to make time this time yes. because we're going to get that VIP tour. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We suggest for you to go to the website, go on the social media, and take a tour for yourself. Yeah. And then make a trip out to Hollywood to experience all the history of Hollywood. You'll Definitely. enjoy it. I promise you, 
you will. Yes. Well, we want to thank Danelle for coming on our show. We want to thank you guys for coming back to listen to us again and continuously to support us. Yes, it means a whole lot to us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. And be sure to check us out at our website and get all the details. KristenWill.com As well as following us on Instagram. At Chris.Ann.Will Yes, and be sure to tell your friends about us. We love to entertain everyone and keep people staying well during these times. Mm -hmm. Next week, join us for an all-new episode of What About Our Life with Chris and Will. Another great topic, another great guest. We're going to keep doing this, you guys. Yes, we are. But for the meantime, be sure to love yourself and the world will love you in return. We love you guys. Join us next week. But for now, we got to go. Bye. Bye.